This is a little bit of a crazy experiment. In this video, I'm reviewing and juxtaposing three movies. Uh, movies that talk about the dead, the ancestors. But they talk through a motif that you might not intuitively associate with Nordic ancestors' belief. This video is about zombies. <laughs> video actually belongs in my Ancestor series, but I flicked it ahead because I sort of felt it really had to be made. In my last myth-weaving video, I reviewed a contemporary TV series and analyzed a dysfunctional, in fact, directly dangerous contemporary myth. In this one, I'm looking at the opposite. Uh, recent myth-weavings from movies that create relation in a way that, in my view, strives to heal some of the dysfunctional myths that have become foundational to the cultural clusterfuck that Eurocentric modernity. How about sparklers and bingo? Oh. <laughs> Movies often have aspects of being mythic, that their uh, narratives create relation in the world. This is my working definition of what makes something mythic, that it creates relation. And this is why it's incredibly important to look at the way that movies create stories because it affects our relation through these myths. And this is uh, also why it becomes catastrophic when people who do not, even on an intuitive level, understand what myths are uh, nor the mythology that they're working with uh, and just go out and produce uh, mythology. Uh, by the way, I I'm often think that the, the myths, the way these things are, are being produced is intuitive. It's, it's not because people understand exactly what they're doing, but that doesn't mean that it's not there. It, is being, it, is, it does create relation in this way, and this is why it's important to analyze it. Cool. Zombie, zombies uh, is a very dynamic contemporary myth uh, of the dead. Zombies are the dead when they are not our gentle, humoristic, or erotic, life-giving forebearers, but, when, but the dead in their capacities, capacity as enemies of our consumer system. Perhaps you could call it the real Einherja, the warriors that oppose the Ragnarokian, omnicidal capitalism that we inflict on the world. Or perhaps their dark shadow as it moves in our dark imagination. And uh, here I'm talking about three different recent zombie movies whose perspective on this uh, defining monster of our, our age is really important uh, because they reach towards the zombie instead of uh, just uh, only seeing it as demonic. One of the movies is Swedish. It plays out in the Viking Age. One is Native American and one is Afro-American. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm trying in this video to use clips of these zombie movies according to fair use, and there'll be loads of spoilers. Um, these uh, different perspectives enlighten a myth that is somehow totally about all of us. And it's significant, I think, that there's a Nordic movie which intuitively leans towards this decolonial perspective on the other zombie movies. But be, unfortunately, I have to talk a little bit about zombies in general first, before, because we need to understand what zombies are. Um, right, the word zombie is probably derived from the Bakongo language, where it means something like a deity or an ancestor. In Haiti, the zombie became a dead person in the capacity of the 
exploited human being. A mythic reflection on enslavement as a state of death. Right. So Haitians believe that evil plantation owners, who are also evil witch doctors, would zombify people and then have them as these soulless working machines in their farms. Note how this original perspective uh, takes the side of the zombie. The zombie is the victim of evil exploitation, deprivation of freedom and human will and so on. The enslaved African has, from the Bakongo perspective, been taken across the Kalunga, the water, and into the land of the dead, and is almost potentially zombie or is zombified. Now, the shadow enslavement where this myth emerged is also the big bang of capitalism. In Haiti, however, the enslaved people, the, som- the zombies, rebelled against this exploitation. They took their cane cutters, invoked their West African gods, also associated with the dead, by the way, and kicked the shit out of a military superpower of the time, which was Napoleonic France. To the horror and astonishment uh, of trauma, you might even say, of European elites, these slaves then created an emancipated republic that inspired resistance throughout the Atlantic world. Haitianism became a thing. Haitianism. The fact that the word, word uh, that the uh, zombies, zombies, the power of the dead, could hit back against capitalist exploitation was such a trauma for Eurocentric modernity that Haiti, uh, the Republic of Haiti, was blocked out completely of our cultural memory. We all know the French Revolution, the American Revolution, but the uprising of the zombies in Haiti is at least as important as a historical event, if not more, but it's been totally whitewashed out of our cultural memory. Something uh, similar happened in Brazil. An an emancipated Bakongo-led maroon state formation stood for almost a century in Brazil under the leadership of kings, uh, who had names with uh, the cognate actually with the word zombie, Ganga Sumba, and the legendary hero Sumbidos Palmares. A zombie state. Long live the undead. <laughs> now, perhaps this forced forgetting among white people contributes somehow to making the zombie such a powerful force in our lesser conscious part of our, of our culture. Because in the American movie industry, it is as if the zombie remains the same, but the perspective shifts. It's no longer the exploited worker or enslaved person who's telling the story, but the exploiter who holds a megaphone. And then the zombies become this nightmare of the nightmare of the cannibal dead arising from the earth, devouring all of us, spreading like an infectious disease, you know. And uh, I'm using images here from what I personally think is the awesomest expression of this myth. There's uh, uh, World War said and, and Night of the Living Dead. Uh, and I think this background to the zombie is important uh, when we use the zombie as a prism into the dead and contemporary animists' understandings of the dead. In this case, the dead or the ancestors as a force that compromises capitalist consumerism and the level to which we buy that image of the dead. You know, this is, this, is, this imagery of the dead as enemies of 
us creates relation. It, it enforces our identification with the consumer estates and it, it enforces our disconnect from the dead. Cool. So the three movies that I'm going to talk about here now, they try, I think, to heal this rupture. And I'm going to start by a, the Swedish movie called Draug, which, so the internet tells me, is a quite astonishing achievement considering the very low budget uh, of the production. Uh, it's also visible, uh, but uh, yes, astonishing achievement. The Swedes, by the way, are making absolutely jaw-dropping monster movies these days. Let me just mention Ali Abasi, a Swedish uh, film director who unbelievably overdid Thomas Alfredson's vampire movie Let the Right One In as Abasi made the touching, intelligent, humoristic, passionate, incredible, amazingly weird movie Grenz border about trolls surviving in, in, in our day. Please do watch that one. Um, anyway, I see a bit of a tendency that Sweden has also taken a bit of this voodoo role that used to be reserved for the black African occult in the in the the, the modern inside the modern mind. A little bit like Haiti. It's like it's if Sweden is the new Haiti. <laughs> Everybody talks about Midsummer, but there's also the 2017 movie The Ritual, where some tourists ends up in this Swedish heathen demonic monstrosity situation, which is portrayed in a way that seems inspired by fetishist Im- imagery copy-pasted out of the European idea of the African uh, demonic other, right? And this demonization of European Euro-traditional religiosity has, in fact, historically often leaned on the racist denigration of African religiosity as a way of marginalizing that one, too. It is People wanted to say stuff like, this is as savage as Africans. You know, that was a way of marginalizing uh, Euro, uh, Euro-traditional uh, animism. And there's a little bit of that touch in this particular movie. As a Danish person, I find it too, totally hilarious <laughs> that the Swedes have become iconic of evil black magic. It's also cool, by the way. I'm a little bit envious. Uh, and uh, yeah, anyway. So, uh, Drauk has been named a Viking zombie movie. And it does have a, a bit of an interesting perspective on the dead. Interestingly, it does not just rely with the dead as monsters. Uh, like the other movies here, it doesn't just rest with the dead as these kind of boo-scary rubber monsters from the special effects department. Um, uh, uh, what happens is that there's a 12th century Christian king in Sweden. He sends out some warriors to figure something out. And the further away they come from the Christian center, the more heathen and the more dim- demonic these woodlands become. They encounter heathens who are not all that submissive to the advancing Christian state formation of the spheres. There seem to be a sort of continuum uh, between this demonic sphere in the movie, where this revenant-like being the draug and then the human heathens. These two spheres are not completely distinct. Uh, Is there almost a note of the dead in alliance with this maroon resistance fighters? Of course, it's not conscious alignment, but I don't know. I can't help, can't help seeing the parallel. And generally, uh, the the perspective of the movie, you know, does remain on the side of the Christians who are irrationally and violently attacked by this non-Christian and hence demonic spirituality. Uh, in, in most American zombie movies, there's zero point of contact between the humans and and the dead. The dead are to be shunned. Uh, 
because their rebellious armies devour our civilized system. Um, you know, but but this Swedish movie it does have some sense that this Christian society that the movie places us in identification with has totally lost contact with the dead, and this is part of the reason behind the confrontation. This is important. In 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 fact, the Christian warrior warrior called Nana. She actually realizes that she has some sort of contact to the side of the Draug, the Revenant, the zombies. You know, they're dead people who were mistreated or unjustly killed or something. And then she takes up the Vulva craft, the Sather, and ends up becoming a Draug and avenging the dead of the Revenants, right? So the perspective shifts quite a lot. And in comparison with the general zombie myth, this Swedish zombie reflection, which is based on more traditional ideas, the Drauk, uh, you know, um, it 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 it, uh, it does kind of focus on uh, the idea that the Christian world that we identify with has lost some sort of contact with the dead, and that this is not the only possible state of affairs, and that perhaps the resistance of the dead to this advancing state has aspects of being justified. I think this is a really significant subversive zombie perspective uh, on the way that uh, this Nordic story is being narrated. I think it's very uh, Nordic animism. I should say, by the way, that uh, the Drauk in the Middle Ages was its own kind of being and revenant. It's not the same as a zombie. And you can check out the Nordic Mythology podcast with the... uh, an interview with uh, the uh, British uh, Arthur True uh, um, Rick Blackett, who talked about the Draug. Okay, cool. Then there's the next movie, uh, which is called Blood Quantum. And it is a Native American movie. Uh, and genre-wise, this is the most traditional zombie movie of these three ones. It is kind of the good old American zombie movie mythology of the infectious cannibalist hordes of the dead that we know so well uh, and which is what people mostly associate with the word zombie. Uh, These Swedish Drauk revenants, they're kind of weird kind of beings. More than 10, 12 or 15 pounding girls. Trailer is war inside. No fun in there with shotguns. But the significant thing is in the Native American movie that the Native Americans themselves, they're immune to zombie infection. They can still be killed, they can still they still suffer the consequences of the collapse of consumer society but they don't become zombies themselves. Why? You know, are they immune to the virus? You know, why are they immune? You know, uh, are they less in confrontation with the dead and the ancestors? Are they almost a little bit like zombies a little bit themselves? Like a maroon state like Sumbi? You know? Uh, this native polity, uh, which is some federal entity, it almost becomes a little bit of a neutral ground, perhaps, between the revenge of of the earth against Eurocentric civilization, that they're still kind of at the mercy of, inscribed in, but also marginal too somehow. 
It seems like the zombies invert the power relation. The indigenous group uh, suddenly have their community and they got it and they sort of keep their shit together while the uh, zombies are destroying the rest of the world. Um, and, and there's a weird realism to this idea that the indigenous society is very much touched by the Ragnarok collapse, but it also has some kind of capacity to resist, in fact. They even have a mascot of a zombie soldier, the powerless warrior people reduced to an entertaining trick trinket, you know, <laughs> a little uh, post-colonial touche. Um, and uh, the movie's called Blood Quantum, named after some crazy U.S. Nuremberg legislation that the U.S. government is using to try to disown and erase the remaining land rights of, of Native Americans by identifying it with blood purity, you know. And since people mix, you know, over some time, it's going gonna, it's gonna to decrease, decrease and then actually cancel people's right to land. It's quite culture-sidal, uh, but it's not something that I'm, I know a lot about. And, and there's some strange metaphor going on in this movie uh, between this, uh, this uh, racist policies and the, the, the name um, blood quantum and the thing that, that the native blood is immunity, you know. Um, I'm not sure exactly what is being said, but there's some sort of play on meanings going on. Right. Again, you see how the, the zombie here gives a voice to the dead in the earth somehow, uh, but also the close relation to the ailments and exploitative nature of contemporary civilization. And that is the focus of the last zombie movie, which in my view is on an entirely different level from the two others here. Uh, probably not incidentally, it comes from the people who originally gave birth to the zombie myth. The amazing Get Out is made by the uh, Afro-American comedian and instructor Jordan Peele. Uh, please do watch it. Uh, what is so incredible about this movie is that Peele takes back the zombie myth 100% to its roots perspective, which is that of the zombified, enslaved Afro-descendant. Right? We're never told that this is a zombie movie. I only realized it after watching it, but it totally is. You know? There are little notches here and there, like the hypnotic tool that the evil witch doctor use to, uh, uses to zombify people. There's a classic zombie movie, which also takes the zombie perspective, by the way, that, that uses that. Um, and I don't know, you know, Jordan Peele has made YouTube rebuttals of all the weird shit that people have been seeing in this movie. Uh, but, uh, but he's also explicit that it's a zombie myth uh, he's telling. So that one didn't just appear in my twisted mind. Um, the story is that there's this uh, black guy, Chris, who uh, follow his white uh, girlfriend to visit her family, who in fact had this little thing going on about luring black men into their net by hypnotizing them and making them into zombies, right? This zombification is sort of metaphorically related to these white, clumsy, and super over-parading uh, you know, to totally not be racist, you know, and it's kind of heavy, you know, that is identified with slave-trading African bodies to be exploited by older people when the subjectivity is sent to the sunken place. And, but, but what is so amazing about the way the, this uh, takes back the zombie myth to its original 
uh, is that it's formulated into this very contemporary language and understanding of reality, you know, while it shifts the perspective entirely to the, the zombie perception of the world, really. While, while early zombie movies, they often have the image of the black man as this monstrous abuser of the white woman, and this is a quintessential racist uh, image and racist horror image. Here, the white woman is the one luring the black man, and this is elegantly identified with this sexualized stereotype about black men. You, know, you see how brilliantly the sexual demonization is being deconstructed. You know? And, and there's, there's a part of me that felt when I watched it that, yeah, well, but why does whiteness have to be identified as so inherently evil? You know? uh, and, and, and why do people have to be it's not racially nice to people? <clears throat> but I think it's really important to remember that this, this myth is an attempt to subvert the race system itself with its very violent history. You know, it's not like you pull my braids in school, so now it's my turn to pull yours. There's a deep mythic creation of relation, and because there is, I think there's an inherent criticism of race as such, and that's why I, I think it ought to be emancipatory, this perspective, also for white people in some way or form, actually. Get out. Sorry, man. Okay. Get out! And the fact also that this is done with, with humor uh, also yields incredible power. I heard Jordan Peele in an interview say that, that, oh, I've seen Get Out four times is becoming the new, oh, I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. Best president in my lifetime, hands down among white people portraying to not be racist. I guess I'm kind of joining that choir now. Um, and uh, I think the reason that the dead doesn't really figure that much explicitly in Get Out is that it is a much cleaner and stronger myth, in a sense, than the two other movies. In a sense, it shifts the perspective completely to the land of the dead, beyond the Kalunga, where the entirety of what is going on is inverted and thus seems normal. It is a perfect zombie lens on reality. That you perceive the world as a zombie, it's exquisite, it's magical, I think, right? And I think Zumbidos Palmares is nodding in approval in his zombie Valhalla for heroes who got executed and post-mortem dismembered by the oppressors, right? Cool. I think, um, I think zombies in general, are one of the most dynamic and salient com contemporary images of the dead. You know? Zombies are, in a sense, simultaneously the revenge of the dead, the anger of the exploited, the anger of our ancestors. Um, and this is why when, when zombie movies try to get real and think with traditional animisms, then they reach towards the zombie. You know? They don't just run from them and bask in the violence on them, like smashing their skulls with chainsaws and crowbars and baseball bats and so on. They, uh, and in their contact with the dead, these movies reveal something crucial about contemporary animacy. You know? The Swedish myth, it says that it is with finding the lost savior that we reclaim the ability to listen to the dead. The Mi'kmaq, native myth, uh, suggest that it is with traditional community 
that we gain immunity to the collapse that follow their, uh, follows their revenge. And this Congo-American, if you can call it that, badass myth, teaches us that it goes through resistance to injustices, such as racial injustice, that we, uh, that we attain contact, perhaps, with the real kindness of the dead, the ancestors. These myth weavings try to disentangle the dysfunctional myth of zombies in absolute confrontation with us. They try to reach towards the zombies, rework our relation with them, best, of course, in the actual immer- in the identification with them and immersion in their perspective. So these myths are an attempt to heal the rupture between us and the dead, the earth, the ancestors, you know, this zombie animacy of the dead can be Native American, it can be Afro-American, it can be Euro-descendant. And I think this is a transnational mythic dialogue in which these different perspectives play out. The Nordic, Nordic perspective is part of this dialogue. And I think we can grasp the, the reality of the, the dead when we realize how they have been given shape or taken shape through our imagination of them. What are the dead today? You know, what, are, what are they to those in power, to those who make billions, those who own companies that we all know the names of, that define our thoughts you know, through internet spaces and so on? What are they to lesser privileged groups? Uh, is it those, uh, you know, it's those who make billions who mostly narrate these myths, and myths create relation. Their, purp- uh, their purpose, the purpose of myths is to animacy, to direct animacy uh, and, and, and direct it along certain lines that produce imaginations that create relating, right? But our zombie and Sumbi ancestors, they also have a voice that guide people with, with its own imagery. You know, <clears throat> and even though it is and probably not conscious, it's probably intuitive. I think they, perhaps because it is intuitive, I think their voice is manifesting through these kind of myth weavings. And what do you think that the oligarchs of this world would like the best? That, that, that you start building protection shelters and load up on canned food and chainsaws and similar ridiculous shit? Or that you start listening to the voice of the ancestors from the earth as their voices are increasingly manifesting with beauty and power and wisdom you know, of, of, of life, harmony, sex, cyclicity, custodianship, land connectedness and all these things. Then you start resisting zombification, zombification of the, the, uh, of the social media that uh, overruns uh, our headspaces and and encloses us in, in echo chambers, uh, simplification of consumerisms, and so on. And then perhaps we will one day find a Sumbi of our age, right? Perhaps we will connect with Ein Herjar in some way and start resisting. Right, so I would like to see more of this kind of healing zombie mythology. Mostly, I would like to see Ali Abasi yield his 
amazing intuition for speaking Nordic animism with the politics of animacy and make a follow follow up to Grenz. This uh, this uh, and that should be a movie about zombies. A Nordic movie about zombies. Swedish. I want to see Swedish zombies. <laughs> uh, and uh, cool. Anyway, I hope this uh, whole sort of crazy rant about zombies made sense. And uh, thank you for listening. And I hope you you uh, reached uh, this this point. So um, thank you very much, and see you around. Step out, idiot.